Hey guys, the following podcast is a Lady Gang Network and Podcast One production, which means it's going to be awesome. Hey group chat, I know y'all see my text. There's tea to be spilled. Each week we're bringing you our unfiltered take on culture, news, dating, and our lives as black millennial women. We're coming to y'all with the honesty and eye rolls that only a text chain with your girls can. This is Black Girls Texting with Chelsea, Glenn, and Shade. Welcome, welcome back to another episode of Black Girls Texting. It's me, Shade, joined by the lovely Chelsea Tinky, Glenn Pogue, and a special guest because Glenn is literally getting her hair braided while we record. We are black girls texting y'all already know the vibe so y'all know what's up glenn's getting ready she has a bachelorette coming up so she yes, has to ma'am. get you know she has to get these edges laid and slayed get these braids did or whatever <laughs> so this you is know, like we quintess- keep it authentic <laughs> it's quintessential black girl i mean it's such a black girl moment right now y'all if you could only see it shout out to tiana at brown sugar kiss who is braiding my hair right now and if i tell you yes. the saga of today and how I left my computer at her house and she came to my home with my computer so that I could be here recording. I mean, it's just, it's all crazy. She's and she's finishing one. my hair as That's we That's a speak. black girl doing shit. That's a black girl doing shit. <laughs> Come on now. Well, let's jump in. I'm super excited for y'all to hear this episode. So we're going to get into these Reddit replies with the quickness. On red or reply. What I'm leaving on red are a lot of black folks saying that they don't want to support stop Asian hate because they feel like Asian people, which is such a generalization, don't support black people. Like, yes, absolutely. We should be having this discussion. And we've we've talked about this multiple times, but like, it's just getting crazy. Like we need to do better. It's like making me very uncomfortable. To have any hate in your heart towards anyone, I think is ridiculous. Like, I don't love white supremacists, but I don't walk around being like, I'm, I don't give a fuck. I'm gonna kill everybody. Like, that's crazy. Like, people don't like it's just you don't like, hate white supremacists. Oh, no, wait. I hate I don't I don't wish Sorry, my death. mic was really far away. <laughs> I don't wish death or like feel like if someone gets harmed, like it's okay. Like, I think those people need re-education and reform and they need help. But like, I don't go around wishing ill will on people. I just think that's bad energy and bad karma. And I think everyone has a chance to learn and grow and be a better human being. That's just me. So to to go around and say like, oh, well, I feel like Asians, Asians, such a generalization have not supported us. So I'm not supporting them is crazy. And to feel okay that anyone is being attacked, harmed, killed, abused, I think is is wild. Maybe I have an open heart. I I firmly believe in karma. I firmly believe in the balance of good and bad in this world. And I think that any contribution to bad is not a good look. Yeah, I didn't realize that people were really saying that. I don't think that's what people are saying. But it's interesting because that's my rhetoric reply. So I'll wait till it's my turn. What's your uh, reply? Well, okay, real quick. I don't necessarily think that's what a lot of people are saying. But I have literally seen like, y'all know, I follow Hotep's. So I've, I was going to say, oh, it sounds like a hotel. Okay, yeah, because I, like, I haven't seen that. <laughs> no, I've seen hotels be like, oh, well, we don't care. We not. Yeah, yeah. that's I'm ridiculous. Like, that's I'm ridiculous. Like, this is crazy. I mean, these are the that's same crazy. people, you know, talking about the vaccine's going to kill all of us. Um, they all go by brother, you know, something. So. I'm dying. <laughs> 
Um, but that's a generalization. That's not the conversation I've been seeing. So, okay, go to your reply. Okay, fine. So I'm going to reply to my sex life. Um, we talked with sex with Emily today. Shit is getting better. Thank you, Jesus. Because if y'all heard on our first episode of Sex with Emily, it was not It was not good, honey. It was not good. But we getting there because who has time for bad sex? That's just a waste of time. Agreed. Um, okay, so my run reply, it's so weird. It's kind of related to yours. I was going to reply to like it seems like there's like this resurgence of like a rainbow coalition that could be happening. So we know like Fred Hampton did one. Um, I don't know if you saw that movie. Uh, what's it called? Judas and the Black Messiah. But like in the movie, he kind of gathered like the uh, people who were in the gangs in Chicago, which it seemed like they were like mostly black people. And then like the Latin gangs and then like the poor whites. And they kind of like all came together against like white supremacy. Right. Or like racism, classism, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And that's great. I reply to that. What I'm leaving on red though, is like all of these think pieces that are coming out and like, I'm confused why it's happening. Like NBC, like right after the whole tragedy in in Georgia happened, NBC tweets, you know, and it was an old article. I'll admit to that, but they retweeted that day, what black people can do to be better allies. Then I'm seeing all of these like think pieces about what black people can do. And that I'm leaving on red. I'm leaving that on red 100%. I think it's the question should be, what can white people do? Correct. The question can be, what can we do all together um, to tackle white supremacy? Why the burden is always put on black people is confusing. It's hurtful. Um, As a black woman, I'm going to say it's hurtful. Um, It's like, like, what do you think we are? Like, I'm not superwoman. I like, of course, I'm going to be here for, or not here for, that's the wrong word. Of course, I stand against violence and especially like senseless violence. Now, if someone wants to beat the shit out of Dylan Roof, who was the guy who killed all of those black people in the church. Sure, I'm here for that. Beat the shit out of Dylan Roof. I don't care about that. But like a senseless crime, of course, you're against that. But this idea that like the burden just like always falls on the most like on black people, it's like hurtful. It's like, it's, it's again, that narrative that we're not even people almost. So I'm leaving that on red. So well said, Chelsea. And it also gives me like, just so clickbaity, you know, like they were like, oh, we did, we just did an episode, uh, an article on this. What a good time to like drop it again. Cause it's a part of the conversation. Was that a necessary piece of information to add to the conversation? Absolutely not. But it's like, I was just trying to churn out stories and shit and it adds, it adds no value. And like you said, it ends up being hurtful to people like why the I I can't even believe that that was a part of the conversation what can we do what what do you mean like what what we've been doing (laughs) last time I checked black people always stand up for everyone correct everything and are usually the leaders in every movement even if you think about the LGBTQ space the people leading that movement like doing the real work tend to be black femmes correct so it's just like it's, it's it's exhausting to me and by no means, if you're an Asian listener and this is like triggering you, I understand like right now a lot is happening in your community and I can totally understand how that's triggering. But like, please empathize. Like we've been dealing with this for so long and then all of a sudden to have stuff like thrown at you, it's just, it's genuinely hurtful. That's the best way I can think of it. And by me saying that by no means mean means that I support anyone being abused, especially because of race, because I don't, I don't stand for that. I don't think anyone with a brain does. But yeah, I just think the conversation needs to be refined. Um, and the real conversation needs to be around what do white people need to do? It's time for them to do some work. 
big mother effing facts. Agreed. This is this is gonna this is an interesting time. We're gonna see hopefully positive change. But Glenn, what are you leaving on red, and what are you replying to, darling? So my on red reply are going to be mixed together. Um, so. On this episode, y'all, I'm talking to the listeners. You're about to hear from Black Girls Texting's first ever white woman guest. And I got a I can't front for the for a very long time. That was something I was leaving on red. I'm replying to this conversation as well because also, as a heads up, I wasn't able to join Shadi and Chelsea on that interview. Um, so I did listen back on it. And I promise you it was not in protest. I just <laughs> God. are you sure Te- technical difficulties <laughs> yeah exactly um but uh you're gonna hear from sex with emily from emily who we joined on her podcast and she has such a wealth of knowledge and she's really compassionate when she speaks with people i felt that from her even when we joined her on her show um but it took me some time and it's still something i'm grappling with about what kind of space we're making for other voices um, we have had on Robin Thicke, a white man in the past, but typically we've had on black women. And to me, that felt like that was what we, that was a part of our identity and that um, there are so many spaces where people can go to if they want to hear from white people. Um, and I was of the, of, the, of the mind that it's important to keep certain spaces safe for Black women and Black people. And some things can just be ours and that's okay. And if I think about the group chat and where I share my most like honest thoughts and stuff, like who was in my group chat? My Black girls. Like this is Black girls texting. So I was struggling with like why we need to incorporate, like just because I I consume white media or there are white people that I like or that I am entertained by doesn't mean that I have to bring them onto this platform. So yeah, I, no, I love what you said. And honestly, like, I, I feel the same. I feel like it's so important to have like an affinity space, if you will, like a space where it's people who have maybe similar experiences or people who un- really can understand where you're coming from on like a deep level. But I will say sometimes I don't feel like I ever see like, the conversation like across the aisle, if that makes sense. Like I never really see black and white people having conversations about anything important really, or, or anything at all. I feel like our worlds are so separate. And then when I do see it, like the black person that they choose, it'll be like a black girl that I don't relate to, to be honest. It's like a black girl who was like, only talks to white people or like, you know, like someone not like me. So I I do think it's important and obviously not to to do it all the time because I agree, this is a sacred space. Our podcast is is sacred. It's sacred for Black women. Um, But I think we could really be pioneers in those sorts of conversations, like real Black girls who like, and maybe that's messed up to say, but whatever, that's the first word that came to my mind. Black girls that like do Black shit and like have all Black friends or like, watch you know what I'm saying and even still can have those conversations with someone from a totally different walk of life yeah and I'm just gonna jump in for the listeners who might be like me and I don't really think I was gonna say I don't give a shit but that that's not true I care I do think it's important for us to have a space but I also think that like realistically I'm a type of person who has 
a lot of different relationships across races, across beliefs and backgrounds. And I think that it's representative of all of our opinions, like you hearing us talk about this. And we wanted to open it up and we wanted to have the dialogue. Um, This episode is very (laughs) lighthearted and it's like very much focused on sex. So it's kind of interesting for us to go from like this to that, which you're going to jump into. But I think that's just reflective of like, the types of conversations that we have and the types of things that we have to think about. And yeah, we want to represent all black women. Like there are black women that feel very different ways about this. So as you can see, we have three distinct opinions and yeah, that's how, that's how shit goes. Yeah. I was just going to just add quickly to what you were saying, Chelsea. Like one thing I can acknowledge is that at the least, I want our listeners to know, and this is like a pledge I'm giving to y'all listening right now, that whoever we bring on the show, it's like, not, they're not fugazi. So like, if you, you can have the belief that like, yes, you're going to, all right, we're going to talk to a white lady today, but you got us with you. Your girls are here leading you through this conversation. <laughs> um, if you yeah. feel you need that, because you might yeah. not. Right. Because Shadi's like, I love being on <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm this is so fascinating and like such a fun conversation to have because like maybe maybe there I'm a a minority and a minority but I'm hey I'm speaking for you I'm speaking for I'm speaking for you girls out there (laughs) no I mean I feel I I I hear where you're coming from Shadi I think it's just that there to be quite honest and this is what I was thinking about too like we have developed this brand right so like for a black woman listener who comes here every week and kind of knows what they're going to get it can feel like a departure to be like suddenly we're just going to just you're going to start hearing from white women um yeah so I'm not saying that I don't I, I would I would listen to sex with Emily on her own podcast you know so to ask ourselves we when we asked ourselves that like does it is this going to add value to have her here so that's my point is just saying that we are going to add value with these guests yeah and to your point we definitely yes you know sex with or emily is our first white woman guest it's still so weird to even say that but you know race is an important part of our show and we talk about it um but it feels like we did a good job we picked like a, a woman who is about her stuff she's knowledgeable she as Glenn mentioned, like was so compassionate, so like informative. Um, so I just want to introduce our guests and I know you guys are going to love this episode. Um, of course, like let's always keep the conversation open. You guys know, always DM us or message us on Black Girls Texting on Instagram or feel free to email us at hello at blackgirlstexting.com. But I want to jump in to Dr. Emily Morris. So she is a doctor of human sexuality. So this whole time I was talking and I'm like, wow, this woman like really knows about sex. And it's not just because she like just knows about sex. She studied this, you know, like this is her life's work. Um, she has over the last 15 years, she's been um, studying. Um, so as Glenn said, we, you know, this is our first first white woman that came on the show. But I think we picked like a really great woman to come on the show, um, a woman, period. She was informative. She's super compassionate. And I just feel like we learned so much by talking to her. And I, I definitely want to have her on again. It was so fun. Um, but Dr. Emily Morris is a doctor of human sexuality. Um, she wants to liberate the conversation about sex and pleasure. And she has over 15 years of experience with this work. 
Um, she's helped millions of people around the world navigate their sex lives. She has her own podcast called Sex with Emily, which we were actually on and it was really fun. Um, her candid conversations really challenge taboos and misinformation. And she has like a lot of information on her website and like all these guides about how to navigate these uncomfortable conversations that make me super uncomfortable. But anyways, you guys are going to love this conversation. Um, I'm so happy that she came on our show. As I said, if we were going to do it, this was the great way, a great way to start. And I'm so glad that she joined us. Um, you guys are going to love this episode. Well, that was a lot. You heard what we had to say. We don't have a, our hotline's not blinging this week. That was our hotline bling, actually. Us going back and forth, having this conversation. We literally talked about this via text, so. My good sis, that's a Black girl doing this shit. This week, our Black girl doing shit is going to go to Shan Boudram. She is also a sex educator. Um, so, you know, we're talking to Dr. Emily. We also love Shan. Um, she has so much information on her YouTube, on her Instagram page. And she also had a book that she came out with called A Game of Desire, which was really great, really helpful for all you gals that are dating. Um, so definitely check out her work as well. All right, y'all. It's time for the group chat. So challenge. I'm so excited. We were on your show, Sex with Emily. Um, it's an incredible podcast, super informative. It kind of takes like the scariness out of talking about sex and it's like not embarrassing. Um, so we you know, shot it. It was my episode to plan. And they were like, what are you going to ask? And I turn bright red when I'm talking about sex. It's not, (laughs) it's not a comfortable place for me. So I went to our community and I asked them what they would want to know from an expert like yourself. Um, And so we got a lot of questions. Our number one question was how to squirt. Wow. (laughs) I actually submitted that as well. So I'm in the community. (laughs) <laughs> of people that want to know so we're diving right in well i just want to say it's good to, good to see you all again because so enjoyed when you guys were on sex with emily i just said my listeners it really resonated with them it just you guys are so listenable and informative and fun and entertaining and insightful so thank you okay squirting yeah. <laughs> they used to joke that squirting is the new anal because when i started anal was like the new blowjob like no one was talking about anal sex and then anal's everything now i'm like oh my god squirting is the new anal like everyone wants to know about squirting so squirting is female ejaculate so a vulva which is the external part of the vagina we so for many you know i always use the term vulva owners but we can just say women because that's that's what we associate it to but if you have a vagina or a vulva you can squirt it is possible for the majority of us to figure out how to do it it comes from its internal it takes a little bit of practice some people some women do it just sort of um they just kind of figure it out on their own and some kind of want, want to work at it and it's funny that you ask because in two weeks i'm having the leading squirting expert on my show she's like a squirting goddess she wrote the first book on it 20 years ago. Her name's Deborah Sundahl. So if anyone wants to like tune into that episode, I think it's going to be out in like April. Oh, or we will be there. We the squirting goddess. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. And I was like, oh my God. And like I met her, someone I met at a party, like she was probably like in her 60s or something. And she wrote this book. So I was like, oh my God, we need the squirting goddess. So squirting is, you know, I think that, and I do believe that it happens a lot about um, from porn. I think that the reason why is that you often see in porn, like women squirting. And, and so- I think that's why it's been such a um, covetable. People are asking about it, and it's such a popular question. So, so essentially, it's. Um, I'm just turning out. You guys, one second. My phone is just. I want to make sure this isn't on. Um, okay. Okay. So, so it's, it's, what it means is when when fluid um, comes is sort of um, 
when, when, when ejaculation occurs when there is fluid coming out of your urethra, which is where you also, like it's your, your urethra where you also... Is that where you pee? Yeah, where you pee. Okay. It's where you pee. But also, it's a tube that allows urine to pass out of the body, but there's also the skein skein glands, which is like adjacent to it. Because people always want to know, is it pee? Is it pee? So let me just answer this. There are traces of urine when you squirt. I knew it. Traces. And maybe for some, there's more than others. But I also have to say, who the fuck cares? Because if it feels good, it's a release. Some women can do it with orgasm. Some women do it without orgasm. As long as it feels good, like throw a towel down. Sex is messy. Sex is beautiful. Sex is fun. And sometimes, yeah, you squirt and maybe it's urine and maybe it's 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 also from its periurethral fluids. So it's part of the urethra. It's also part of the skin's, skin's glands. And that's where it comes from. And it comes when how you make it happen. So I guess I just should clear that out because I think that while a lot of women are curious how to do it, um, because they see in porn or their partner's pressuring them and then they're like, ooh, it's pee. I just feel like, do you want to do it or don't you want to do it? If you want to do it, you want to experience it. I think it's an incredible release. For some women, they feel orgasm. They have an orgasm and they squirt. Some women squirt without orgasm. Obviously, we orgasm without squirting. So I just think it, it's from really specific internal penetration and stimulation. So I don't know if I talked to you guys about this, but it's the, we all know it is the G-spot which is about an area, but I call it the G area because it's not looking for this spot. And I'm like, that's such such a limiting, um, it's so limiting when you think, oh, do I have the spot? Do I not have the spot? It's like, just kind of go, go searching on your own. You could put two fingers inside of you in a come hither motion towards your belly button. So another reason why so many women, I can actually show you on my vulva pump. So many women. Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. (laughs) And this is actually, I have two vulva puppets, but this one has like an inter, actually this one might be better because, okay. So are you guys using this video? So here's your. Yes. I love this. Uh This is your clitoral hood and here's your clitoris, right? And so the G spot is, so, you know, okay, back up. You know how so many women do not orgasm from a penis, right? We've covered, we've covered that. Yeah. 20% of women, 20% are. Wow. Orgasm from a penis. I just want to like throw that out there. Like if I could get billboards printed in LA, I would. So the reason is because usually there's a lot of reasons why, but where this G spot is, is for women, it's not like, because a penis goes inside of it, it goes way back inside, right? But this is where the G spot is. So my fingers are doing the come hither motion. I'm going inside the vaginal opening right now. And I'm like going towards your, like your front of like your belly button, like literally your, your front wall of your vagina. It's not back here, like where a penis would go. It's up this curvy, like a curvy motion. Okay. So you want to apply pressure to that area and it's really intense, you know, pressure that you're applying and you could learn to squirt with fingers, maybe with a penis. Sure. Like if you can kind of get into a good position or a toy. If it has like a hook. Maybe. It has a hook. If the toy is a hook, but with a toy, you can kind of, you can use like a G-spot toy. Do I have, I don't have one, one here, but oh, I do. I I'm do. obsessed with you pulling these things here. Like I got a bag of tricks. I do. So pretend this is a penis. So that's how we mostly have sex. And we're like, oh, that doesn't really feel good. Can you please just focus on my clitoris? But when you're going up in here and you're applying pressure, you could use a toy. It's just like a pressure and it's it's sort of, you just keep applying it. And then you also, another thing that can happen is this, your pubic mound is right here. So what we're talking, I know we're on a podcast right now, but it's above the vaginal opening is your pubic mound below your belly button above your vaginal opening sometimes you can apply pressure externally over that area because it's applying indirect stimulation to your clit i know okay because sometimes you'll 
a guy and oh man, we're supposed to be pulling back the F-bombs, but sometimes <laughs> you will have sex with a guy and they will like press their hands yes. on your stomach. Yes, that's why. And I, yeah. They know and what e- they're doing. Exactly. And even when you're masturbating, you can apply, like for me, I know I often apply pressure there too, because it's, it just feels good. And I'm in, and you're also, not only are you applying pressure to your like pubic mound, you're also able to sort of, you're pulling the skin. So it's also, you know, kind of pulling on your clitoris because the clitoris has 8,000 nerve endings. And it's not just, it's not just the little bulb. It's literally, there are clitoral legs that go behind the labia. I have wow. Check this. I am getting schooled. So this is the ex internal. This is the internal clitoral nerve. So think about it behind here. So there's legs, right? Called the crua. So that's like your labia and they go around it. So they go around it here. And so this is just the clitoris. This is the clitoris. This is what we're seeing here. It's a little ball, but there's legs. So all of this, the labia and all of this is really, really sensitive. And so you just kind of, this is the, this is the magic of, of squirting to answer your, we're going all around the anatomy here, because I think it's probably going to inform everything else that you're asking that what we're going to get into. But I just really want women. I know you guys reach so many women that we just are not taught this. We are not taught it. We have sex. No one shows you what it looks like. Nobody really, that the, all the nerve endings and that we're not, you know, and the reason why I got onto this is because I, I felt broken. I felt that something was wrong with me, that I wasn't able to have an orgasm through penetration, that it didn't always feel good. Because also what happens is when you're having sex with a man, someone with a penis, a lot of times they skip right to penetration. But the magic for so many vulva owners is that we apply that you just sort of, you need external stimulation to turn yourself on, to, to have an orgasm. And then once you have an ex, you're turned on externally, then it's easier to have an internal orgasm. You're more aroused because then all the blood becomes engor- inside, like it becomes engorged, it swells. And so then all the nerve endings swell inside. So it's- a I process. say women can get blue balls. I call it blue vagina because <laughs> right. I'm like, you feel all that pressure and you're like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then we sometimes we don't know what we need or like what to ask for. So, um, so yeah. And so, so anyway, back to squirting. So it is like kind of maybe it's some diluted urine, but when you apply pressure to that area, you can start to feel it and you just kind of can release. And there's you, also another thing that's really helpful for squirting is your pelvic floor muscle. So, you know, your, your Kegel exercises, yes. you I was gonna ask that. the flow of urine Like you usually people do Kegels when you mention Kegels and they're like, Oh yeah. When you strengthen those muscles and you can do that doing the exercises, you can put a Kegel ball inside of you and you're just met, you're, you're strengthening those. If you have really strong Kegel muscles, that could also help with squirting because it's it's literally strengthening your entire pelvic floor, which is really important for us to pay attention. And women. then and then speaking of like Kegels, there's like a it's like a Jamaican word. It's called like quint, like quinting up the vagina. And they say like when you're having sex, you're supposed to quint it. Like I guess do a Kegel. Is that what yeah. you're supposed to do to like help make the guy feel better? Well, I I think it helps. It can it can help the guy feel better, but I I think it can also help us feel better because they're the muscles that are responsible for orgasm. So you know when you have an orgasm, and you feel the, you feel yeah, the, it like mm-hmm. those are the So I have these really cool things. There's something called oh my god, I can't believe I have this here because I usually don't. It's called the Yarlap. I really, we are we are just getting the best experience. You have no idea, guys. I wish you. You have to tune into the video content of this yeah. You guys post the whole video? 
We will. We don't, oh, we but will. maybe we should. <laughs> I'm like, good like, thing Christelle is on. She's like, okay, I got to figure this out. <laughs> so this uses electrostimulation, which sounds scary, but it's not. And this goes, it has a little monitor. You put this inside your vagina for like 20 minutes a day, like four days a week. And this is stimulating your pelvis. So if you sneeze and pee, you just want to, I'm not sure if you're doing your kettles right. It does it for you. You literally just lay back. It's called a Yarlap. It's Y-A-R-L-A-P. And for women who have incontinence or after childbirth or just like you want to just strengthen your pelvic floor, I would do this for like a month, a few days a week, and my orgasms are so much stronger. But again, you could use a kegel ball just oh my to gosh. be conscious. But okay, so problems. my ex used to put a vibrating like pill. It was like a thick silver bullet, like a bullet inside of me and then eat me out at the same time. I'm telling you, those yeah. orgasms, I cried. I would cry. Yeah. Like I, it was insane. And now I'm understanding the correlation between yes. the Kegels, the pelvic floor and the orgasm. Oh, good. Wow. wow. I know your face. If you, you got to see Ken's face. It's like, whoa. Because, <laughs> right? It all makes sense. You're like, why did anyone tell That was Im- Im- amazing. And I feel like I just learned so much in like the first 10 minutes of speaking to you. Before we jump into more questions, how did you even get into this work? I got into this work as a sex educator because I found, I I thought that sex wasn't as great as it could be. I'm a bit of an overachiever. That is true. But I was like, I was having sex. It was okay. I didn't really know how to ask for what I want. I didn't understand my own body. I was faking orgasms. I was, um, I really like mm. cuddling. I really like touch and I love intimacy. But I just thought, I want to understand. I want to get to the bottom of what makes great sex. So I started asking all of my friends and everyone I knew, like what, when someone would tell me, like they say, oh, I had great sex last night. I used to always say, back up. Like, what, what do you mean by that? Why was it so great? Were you swinging from the rafters? Was his penis double jointed? Did you have 68 orgasms? <laughs> what does that mean to have great orgasms? And so a great sex. So then I, and I actually thought, well, I'm going to turn this into a podcast. And it was just a fluke. I was going to do a, I was going to do a, um, a, 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 uh, a a documentary about sex and it was the first year of podcasting in 2005 and a friend of me said you should just do a podcast I'm like what the hell is that it was like literally June of 2005 and so I did a podcast I invited a bunch of friends over I interviewed them and and experts and people in all different walks of life and interviewed them about their sex life and their relationship and dating and love and that's where I started and I realized that after the first few podcasts came out first off it was really popular and people were like oh my god I, I want to listen to this information there's an anonymity to podcasting I mean now we all have video you know sex with that we have video too but it's it just I really love the medium and that's where I started and then now it's been it's my 16th year I went back to school got my doctorate in human sexuality and I've just been educating you know my audience is split men and women it always has been like 50 50 because I feel like we all I speak to everybody all ages all genders and that's how I got into it from because I thought well if I'm going to learn how to have greater better sex where I want to learn from others and we'll all learn together because I think it's and then I just every year I mean I'm still learning you're learning we're never done and so much of sex information is still shrouded in mystery and then the information that we do get is often untrue like it's just not true that men want sex all the time more than women that than women that I hear from so many women who want sex more than their partners it's not true that all women can have orgasms through penetration everything that I ever learned about sex was you know heterosexual man man's with woman they make out for two seconds they fall into bed they they roll around for three minutes they have screaming orgasms and they fall asleep that's just not how sex is and so you know I've made it my life's work to kind of help people 
understand their own sexuality and who they are as sexual beings. And I think it's super important like to have someone like you who is you're having these conversations, you're educating people because I know I can't speak for guys, but I'll speak for women. Um, at least the women in my life and the women I talk to, sometimes you feel like maybe something's wrong with me or like you get like this insecurity about things and it's just like, no, we just are all a little different and you just have to like learn yourself. Exactly. We're all on a journey. I mean, I love, I love that you said that because I thought that I was broken. I assumed everyone else's sex was better than mine. And I just thought, what is wrong with me? But the more we talk about it and that's my mission is to get people to is to liberate the conversation around sex and get people to prioritize their pleasure. And you realize that since we don't talk about it, that's why I love that you're having me on your show because what I hope is this is gonna inspire your listeners, but also then they'll be that one in their friend group to say, hey, I realize we've never talked about our sex life. How do you have orgasms? I mean, there just should be so no shame in it. And, and so, yeah, a lot of us walk around feeling like something's wrong with us and we should always be ready for sex and we're not. And what happens after the honeymoon phase when I used to have sex with my partner and now I, want, now I don't want to. And what's wrong? We always think we're broken because we don't have the right answers. So, yeah. yeah. I love that. And then, I love talking just, about sex. I know, Shadi does love talking. It's so weird because I, I don't really talk about sex with my other friends it's mostly like you and Glenn that I talk sex about but um just really quick about the shame I was watching um Netflix and they have like this series called it's like goop and they were talking about the vaginas and how like most of us don't even know what our vaginas look like and by the way not all vaginas look the same like some people have you know different shapes that you might not see in porn so like you do. that was something that was eye-opening for me too. Oh yeah. I mean, th- I-, I love that you brought that up too, because there's so, I always say that if you, you know, most women and men for that matter, couldn't put, couldn't pick their vagina or their penis out of a lineup. Like if you put it up on this, it'd be like, which penis is yours or which vagina is yours? We wouldn't know. But what we right. do know is what it looks like in porn. And let me just say this, that the, mm-hmm. porn, the vulvas you see in porn, they are they are they have makeup on them they're cheated towards camera they're tucked in they're, they're there's light on them it just it's very they're casted they're vaginas that are wow like, yeah I'm, you know that's it they're not and everyone is different there's a great instagram account that i follow called the vulva gallery i think that's what it's called and you just every day it's like they're animations or graphics it's not actual vaginas but they're because that would probably be taken off of instagram but you see how many, we are all different. Some are, have longer labias, they're different sizes, different colors. And now there's just so much shame around it because we somehow are also measuring it to, to porn. Because I don't think that people were worried about this as much 20 years ago. I mean, maybe, but with now that porn is available in our pockets and every moment on our phone, we really, yeah, it's called the vulva gallery. And you just see every day, some have hair, some don't. We're all different. And and so I always encourage women is to take a mirror. Like, you know, I think masturbation is really, really important. Or even if you're not in the mood for that, lay back, take a mirror, pour a glass of wine, whatever you got to do, and just take a look and see how incredible your vagina is. Like your vulva, use a little bit of lube and start to touch yourself. And you'll see, oh, when I rub my clitoris, it starts to swell. Like you'll see all the things that I'm talking about. You'll you'll really understand how it works. And I just think that once women feel, oh, I actually can take control of this. I understand my body. Then when we're with a partner, no matter what gender or partner we're with, we can say, Oh, let me show you something I learned about myself. This is this is what I like. If you put your finger here or you use or this is how I squirt or let's try it together, then you'll you, first of all it gives us confidence because we feel secure that I know how to move my body and it's um it feels good. Like orgasms are good for us. Knowing how our body work, body parts work is is empowering and important. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I okay. love this. 
I love this too. I can talk to you forever, but I know my listen our listeners are like, uh, Charles, get back to the question. So the next question that we have for you is if my partner keeps asking me to swallow his semen, um, but I really hate the taste. Do you have any advice? Okay. I want to turn him on, but I don't like yeah. the taste. Okay. So a lot of people, a lot of women, I, I get asked this question a lot too. So, and this is why I always take calls on my show because we can get more granular on the questions, but there's a few schools of thought here, a few reasons why women don't want to swallow. Sometimes they've had a really bad experience, like bad guy, it tasted horrible, it smelled bad, you know, they, so that's one thing. They're like scarred for life, but not for life because we'll help them undo it. Some women have heard it's going to be really bad and taste bad, or it's like a weird thing to do and they don't want to do it. And then um, other women are, it actually is like they're, they've been with a lot of partners and this one partner, like it just, it just doesn't taste good. And that usually is because their partner doesn't, is, is, doesn't have the best nutrition. Maybe they're not eating very well. They're eating a lot of like meat and alcohol and smoke and smoking and just kind of putting crap in their bodies. And when they say you are what you eat, you will taste it in, in the body, in the semen. So so those are all things that can come into play. So if your partner really is, like, let's just answer the first one. Like, if it's like, oh my God, I've never been with a guy who tastes so bad, you could say something. Like, I would outside the bedroom, and you don't want to say it in the moment, like, ew, it's gross. But just say, I'd love to be able to swallow, but I I feel like there's something a little bit off about it. I feel like maybe you could get, because he could also get checked out by a doctor, go see a nutritionist, you know, figure it out. But let's just say that mm. it's not that. Let's just, because I think even when women have a smell, so I'm going to reverse it. Let's say, you know, I have a lot of, you know, men who call in and go down on women and they're like, okay, well, my girlfriend, I've been with her for years, but now she's got this weird odor. What do I do? Oh women my gosh. Bacterial vaginosis. Like we can get. Oh yes. And you got it. And you know what? You have to tell her, you have to say, you know what, babe, I, I love going down on you. It's great, but I feel like something's a little off there. Maybe you should go get checked. Yes, it's mortifying. It sounds awful, but it's like, it's the truth. Sometimes we can't smell it and we don't know when you go get checked out. So those are the kind of real conversations we need to have. And it's from a loving place. Like, yes, I want to please you, but I can't because this is your odor's off or something wrong with your diet. So let's go back to the women though. I often hear this too. Let's answer it from the perspective of I want to, but I have a fear around it or I feel like I'm going to gag or my gag reflex is really bad. So I hear this a lot too. And I think that for these women, they can think about first off, if it is something like you've never done it before or you have some fear around it, maybe you could just um, try it out. Maybe you could have, you could uh, have him ejaculate and then like maybe taste some of it with your, your finger or lick. Once he ejaculates, you can kind of start to taste it and see like, is it really that bad or am I, am I able to do it? Um, and then kind of ease yourself into it. But also there's a certain like, if your partner is like pushing his penis way too far down your throat, like the whole deep throating thing, I don't think that's necessary. So maybe you are gagging. But remember, a big part of a great blowjob could also be your hand. You could put your mouth, you know, and you could just sort of, just sort of taste it and see, like, it's sort of getting over that hump. If you really want to please your partner, you could just kind of like, I'm just going to swallow. And, you know, it's kind of like you take one, you just kind of swallow it down and have a glass of water right there and um, see how it is. Because if it really is just a fear that's not based in anything and you want to please a partner, I say try with a trusted partner who's cool with you taking your time. You know, kind of like doing a shot or something, just trying it. And then the third thing is flavored lube. Flavored lube is a game changer. There's this lube called Muse, M-U-S-E. And I talk about it a lot on my show. They make these flavors. They make salted caramel, 
creme brulee, and mint chocolate. Okay, and but Emily, if that flavored lube gets inside of your vagina, will that cause an issue? No. So let me tell you this. This is why I love I only talk about products that are actually good for you because there are flavored lubes of your that were not. And Muse, their lube is water. Now, is it as great as like a very, just a straight water base, which has, you know, or straight silicone, which only has like one or two ingredients. There is some ingredients in there that if you are have a sensitive vulva, vagina, and you get infections frequently, and you've had infections with other kinds of lube, then don't, don't use it. But I've, I mean, I've recommended it to so many listeners, and they are obsessed with it. And it is safe. It's made with women in mind. So it's okay. like of all the flavored lubes I've come across in my life, it really is. It really is the best tasting. And even if it's just like, and you can even use like a coconut flavor, like Woo More Play makes a coconut oil lube that tastes like vanilla it's really great so i would just i'm going to send you guys some in your package so i would just kind of play around with it and just see like what what is my fear what's it about is it really about my partner or is there a conversation i need to have so okay ways to look at it this yeah this was very insightful because i know people don't love to swallow but also the gag thing that you mentioned is very important um sorry chelsea i know i'm getting into your questions but like why why do men feel like you have to gag on their pieces for it to be like enjoyable because i'm like i'm not trying to do that i'm not oh you know what i've heard though they're they say that's where the good spit is like when it's like all like yeah because then you but then just use lube i'm telling you they want it to be wet have a lube by your nightstand i always like my dream is a lube on every nightstand oh i actually have this muse right here i didn't (laughs) even know i had it guys look at this i'm not kidding you i went to a trade show they had this salted caramel and they were just putting it on ice cream like look I like eat it in the middle of the day. Oh my God. God. No, I I think that's going to be, I'm going to have to have like lube on the nightstand because I don't like spit. I'm not a spit girl. It's not, I'm not interested. Me neither. I can't get the saliva. Like it's- Yeah, I'm like, what the hell do I look like? I'm just going to like hawk loogies on your dick. That's disgusting. Oh, it's not loogies. Um, (laughs) I personally, when giving up, I think I'm, that's one thing I'm confident about and my blowjobs <laughs> and um cardi b's song wop really did you know it gives me like a, a target the dangly thing in the back of my throat it's like a target for me and i can How think about do you that. do that i cannot i do don't that. really i don't really have a gag grape left probably oh, because like okay i grew up with my mom being like brush your tongue <laughs> that's it I don't know I've been practicing kind of yeah well do you want to I can tell you guys a real quick hack if you want to work on your gag reflex please because I'm always like (laughs) okay so and only work on it because you want to not because your partner's yes 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 making you gag well I barely suck dick so (laughs) but this is for your listeners you put your finger back into the back of your mouth or you can use a toothbrush and you just get to the point where you're you feel like it's too far and then you wait about you hold it there for about 30 seconds maybe it's a minute I'm trying to remember this exercise I've talked about a lot and then the next day you go back and you keep moving it back a little bit further and a little bit further and then you'll see that after just a few days you can train it just like Chelsea was saying everything's training guys my second question for you both of you Chelsea is then (laughs) and then how do you breathe at the same time through your nose I think I don't even think about it I've had a hard time I'm trying (laughs) I think also with like blowjobs and probably with all sex, it's like when you think too hard, then it kind of doesn't work. Like you kind of have to just like relax Mm -hmm. and just like try it, which I don't know. Right, Emily? Yeah. I mean, relaxing because a lot of us get into our head during sex. We actually just, we're talking about this on my show that we, we, so many of us get in our head, we're anxious, we're worried like, oh, is he going to make me swallow again? Or how does my vagina look? Or 
we get we just worry 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 but a great practice if you're if you find yourself your mind wandering during sex and you're constantly thinking of um, your to-do list or whatever else focus on your five senses and in the moment when you when you think about that think of okay my my brain's wandering what am i smelling right now okay i'm smelling this massage this this candle this vanilla candle i just lit like what am i tasting I'm tasting my partner's lips. What am I hearing? Oh, this sexy playlist. Where am I? What am I feeling? Are my hands on my partner's body? And you can do that in a second. And the second you live, it brings you, it's amazing for two reasons. It drops you into the present moment. Because when you are focused on all five senses, you can't be in the past. You can't be in the future. And you're anchored in the moment. And you might have to do that a few times but it brings you into the moment and it will stop your thoughts. And that's why there's so much talk about meditation and breath work because my therapist makes me do that. Good. And now I can bring it to the bedroom. (laughs) I'm telling you it's a game changer. I need to try that because sometimes I'm definitely in my head. Okay, next question. Sex parties. The person wrote to us that she's interested and wants to communicate that to her partner without seeming like slutty. Okay. Or seeming like she wants to do something with someone else. She just is interested in sex parties. All right. Yeah. I mean, especially with the, you know, coronavirus, you know, we can all get out there again. Sex yeah. parties are, well, let me address, oh, you guys, I, let me just shut a door that's banging here. Um, no problem. Do you guys like my new name? Oh, please delete that. <laughs> <laughs> Not shot a script. Okay. I so, know. So first, let me address the part about her wanting to feel feeling slutty because that's something that I think a lot of us can relate to. And I think if you're with a partner that you trust and that you you have mutual respect, having a conversation with your partner outside the bedroom, this is how I would have her approach it and say, because a lot of the conversations, I have this on my, on my website too at sexwithemily.com. I have a communication guide you can download about how to have difficult conversations because it's so hard. No one wants to have these conversations because exactly what your listeners asking is, am I going to be slutty? Am I going to be judged? Is my partner going to think I'm weird? Are they going to leave me? Am I a freak? You know, all the things. But if you're with someone that you trust and you know that I want to kind of see where this can go, this relationship, and I feel safe with them, then just say, I realize that, um, I've been thinking lately about how hot our sex has been and it would be so fun if we if we kind of started to experiment more and I've been fantasizing about um about seeing you going to like a sex party with you and watching you with someone else it would be really hot or or we would be having sex whatever her fantasy is I think it'd be hot for us to be having sex in a room or making out and having people watch us my friend went it was cool would you be into that so that's just one way to say or if you don't want to even start with the sex party because maybe they've never talked about sex she, she could just say loving our sex you're amazing this is great tell them all the things you love and then say I realize that we haven't talked about our sex life that much and what, do you have any fantasies, like things that you fantasize about? I would love to sh- share some of mine. And then you just have an ongoing dialogue. And maybe he's been thinking of going to a sex party as well. So Very true. Literally, it's just like a casual. And how you do it, you have to do casual. You have to be curious. And you have to be open and have the conversation outside the bedroom. Like Those are my, those are my tips for it. But I have a, more details on the site. But it's, you know. Yeah, I love that. I'm going to have to download that. Because sometimes, as I said earlier, talking about sex is kind of weird to me. But you got to practice. You got to practice. And it becomes weak. I I did not come out of the womb like flailing around clitorises and talking about it. Like I had to (laughs) practice too. So yeah, this is Uh, a good one. Okay. Is it healthy to watch porn every day? And they also ask like masturbating to porn while a partner is asleep. Yeah. 
Yes, totally. I'm glad that you asked this because here we've been saying a lot of negative stuff about porn, but I do not think that porn is all, all evil or all wrong. It's just when we're using it as an educational tool. When we're using porn as something like, oh, this is exactly how sex is going to happen. I need to have an orgasm in this position. I should be screaming like this and making all these moans and noises. That's not realistic. But for, for arousal and for inspiration and for masturbation, it's totally healthy. And I think masturbating every day isn't a problem. Now, if, you know, a lot of people watch porn every day, it only, listen, it only becomes a problem when there's consequences. Like, let's say you start to masturbate every day and then you're masturbating five times a day and then you're no longer attracted to your partner or you can no longer mm. get to work on time because you were masturbating and there's a consequence. That's when we know when porn is a problem. But is if, what I would say is if your partner's sleeping and it's a partner that you try, I think that maybe your partner would think that was hot. Like, our judgment is that it's creepy and weird and wrong. But, I mean... Your partner would probably love, I don't know, the partner I'd want to be with, like, that's hot. I was passed out last night. I was so tired. That's awesome. You got yours, you know? Yeah. You got do, do you think porn, your porn interests or like the type of porn you watch is kind of like indicative of something around your personality or like your sex interests? Like, I always ask guys, I start sleeping with what kind of porn they watch. And they're always like, why are you asking me this? But I'm like, no, tell me, what kind of porn do you like? I think that it can tell, I think it can tell a lot about maybe where our fantasies go or what turns us on. Sometimes we're just exploring. Like every time we turn on porn, we're like, I'm going to go wild and try something. I've ne- I'm going to look at something I've never even thought about before. So I think that it's, I don't know if it's more about your personality, but maybe more about where your mind goes and what you want to experiment with. But remember, there's two kinds of fantasies. There's the fantasies that we want to happen in real life. They're like, oh, I'm going to keep watching threesome porn because I just, that's my biggest fantasy. And I want to one day do that with my partner. And then there's stuff that you're like, oh, I would never want that to happen. I want to keep it to myself. It's not, you know, it's not anything I want to try. So I think that, I guess it could tell you something about where, where we have some erotic desire, but I don't think it tells you everything, certainly. Not so. I think people find their partner's porn and they're like, Oh, my partner's watching a lot of gay porn, but he's with me. Does that mean he's gay? Or, and I don't think it does. Or women watch a lot of lesbian porn and they think it means they're lesbians. Like, no, just that watching two women get off is really hot and beautiful. So, I I only watch women. I think a lot of heterosexual porn is not for me, right? It's really, (laughs) yeah, same. I mean, I watch some wild stuff, like, or I shouldn't say wild, but like some (laughs) things that I would not do myself. Right. And just something about it turns me on. It's weird. Yeah. Great. <laughs> you know, let it inspire you. With, I think that's what, the best way to use it. And just leave it for what it is. Like you're watching, like going to the movies, you know, and watching something in the movies. You're like, oh, I, I would never want to be a skydiver or whatever, but I'm watching this movie on it and I'm really entertained. That's how we can yep. like it. Yeah. I, I do like the element of though, like maybe there's like something in there, like that fantasy. Like I love, <laughs> I love like this the stepmom thing I don't know why (laughs) but it's because the 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 girls being taken advantage of and I'm like super sub so I'm like I think that's like the connection right like I don't I'm not trying to like sleep with this I don't have a step parent but if I did I'm not like into that (laughs) right right I think that's what it is when you're sub it's like someone taking control of you and you don't have to really make any move and it's like out of your control. I think that a lot of a lot of women and actually all genders fantasize about being dominated. And if it's with a stepmom or a teacher or a doctor or all the famous, all the popular fantasies, it's all okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, could I accidentally, could I really accidentally poop if I try anal? Yeah, you, that could happen. Sure. You might, uh, you might poop. You might have some fecal matter that comes out. So I have some tips, though, for it. I mean, make sure that you've already, you know, 
cleared out your, you know, you've gone to the bathroom. I think most of us know when we're clear and when we're not. And so if you were just, you haven't gone to the bathroom, you went out for a huge meal and then you have anal sex with your partner, like that could be, something could come out. But when you know, when you practice for it or you think about it, like, okay, I've gone to the bathroom earlier today. I, you know, I'm clean. I've taken a shower. I mean, I, I think that it can happen, but also a, like I said, with squirting, so what? Throw a towel down. Sex is messy. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you could poop. You could, that could all happen. So just making sure that you're, that you're clean. You can also, I mean, I don't think that this is necessary, but you could get an enema in a store as long as you empty out all the vinegar that comes inside of it and just put oh. warm water. You could use warm water if it's something that you're really worried about. And you could just do it to yourself and like an enema clean it out if you're worried but I think that mostly I think it's just a matter of knowing your body and okay putting a towel down and use and then anal questions are very popular but use lots of lube and go slow it's my <laughs> those are my anal tips use lots of lots of lube and go slow okay as I said I could ask you 100 questions but I think I'll stop with this one and you definitely <laughs> have to come back Please. Oh, I love you. Yes. Um, okay. Can a vibrator break my vagina? I just bought the wand, but I'm kind of afraid to use it. Hmm. Your vagina will not be broken. Your vagina might have muscle memory that it's sort of a lot of women are worried that if I only come with a vibrator, will I be able to have an orgasm with a partner or just with mm-hmm. finger? And it's sort of like, it's, it's, yeah, we get used to things or we have muscle memories that every time we have an or we're like, okay, the, and the mouth, if she's talking about the magic wand or any wand vibrators, they're very strong. It is true. They're like, mm, and it's like no penis, no fingers are going to move that way. So, but no one's ever becomes desensitized. You're not going to break your clitoris. You're not going to break your vagina. Your nerve endings might get set in that pattern. And then you just say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to not use my wand today or for a few days and I'm just going to go back to using my fingers and using a lot of lube and going slow and just figuring out my body but no in the history of at least my time no one's vagina is ever broken from a vibrator so I have a question about this I've been masturbating for a very long time like I think I started masturbating I never have really not with him oh well yeah no oh yes well no so I started masturbating I want to say around like four or five like I would hump everything (laughs) And I remember like distinctly, particularly like early teens. So maybe like 10 to 14, 15, like amazing orgasms, masturbating hands, just me, just doing my own thing. I feel like when I masturbate, my orgasms are not as good as they were when I was younger, but I'm like, maybe it's like a mental thing. Like maybe I think they weren't as good, but literally like I'll start masturbating and I'm like, that was not, that was not that exciting. Really? It used to be huh. so much better. Well, it could be something that it's in your mind or you're putting those former orgasms on a pedestal. You're <laughs> like, those were amazing. I know. I'm like, did I put the orgasms on a pedestal? But also like it could just, as we get older, it could be like if you're on a, any medications, you know, a lot of times antidepressants or birth control pills could also impact our arousal level and our orgasms. Um, I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, are you saying that you just you still use your hands now, or are you also using? Yeah, I use hands, toys. I I will. They're just not the same. Hmm. Well, are you are you mixing up your masturbation routine? Are you doing the same? Are you you know? Have you ever tried to like do a different kind of movement with your fingers or or your hands? Or if you're always on your back, then lay on your stomach or or just different positions. Use pillows. Move your legs around. Your positioning around, and just kind of turn your body and. 
kind of explore. Try to have that first orgasm clitorally and then put your fingers inside and then see where it goes. Because I think that the amazing thing about being a woman is that we can have multiple orgasms. It's so much right. easier for us than men. We can have, we have a refractory period. So I would just say, like, keep going. Keep trying. I mean, see what you can find. I know that through this work, I've discovered so much more about my body. My orgasms have just... Um, I was going to say exploded, expanded and exploded. <laughs> I still learn stuff all the time. Please Maybe you should get trying. that thing. I forgot what it's called, but you it, like you push it in you and it does the kegels. Oh, the Yarlap. Yes. Oh, Yarlap. yes. Yarlap. Yarlap. I, that's, I was like, I'm going to look into that. Yeah, it's it's great. I mean, just, it's just a routine. You got to do it. But like, yeah, that really helps too. And and doing, I actually, yeah, all of it helps. It really does. Okay, okay. One last Go- one. Google's Sorry. Yarlap. Because... Uh, Shadi brought up masturbation. And as I mentioned, I've never masturbated with my fingers. Like, I just don't know what to do. And sometimes my partner and I will be having sex and he's like, play with yourself. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. It's like your DJ, right? Yeah, I'm like, so how do you masturbate with your hands? And not to do it with a toy, but with your hands. Well, I mean, definitely, I always say use lube. I mean, I'm telling you, it's not just because I think that there's a, such a stigma around lube that we think it means that we're, we're something's wrong with us if we're not wet. But if let me just dry, tell you, yeah. women that we're, if we're dry, but women's wetness levels fluctuates throughout the month. So it fluctuates with our menstrual cycle, when we're ovulating, when we're not, sometimes we're wet. And then also it's not, um, our clitoris isn't self-lubricating. So when you add just a few drops of lube to any single, any sex act, whether it's masturbation or a hand job or a blow job or whatever you're doing, women are more likely to orgasm. And there was a very important study that showed that when you add a few drops of lube to any situation, women are 80% more likely to orgasm. Wow. So said, I mean, I think that it just starts with, for, for the majority of, of vulva owners, you just kind of take your fingers and maybe you start to sort of move your fingers over your um, your labia, which is like the, you know, the lips. And you can start to start there. You can start to move them around your clitoris and not go right for your clitoris. Using the pads of your fingers, you can do tapping or you can do a little bit of squeezing, squeezing your clitoris together with your, your forefinger and your thumb, moving in circles. Like it's just really about finding, playing with your pubic mound and kind of pushing that or pulling it up and pulling the skin taut there and just sort of experimenting. And and just seeing like what actually feels good to you, pressure or no pressure. Some women like really really light, and then they like to apply more pressure when they're about to orgasm. And the other thing is, I will pull out my bubble puppet again, wherever it runs. Oh, I'll use this one. Which, by the way, Netflix. Uh, Doctor Emily needs a, a like a show <laughs> talking with these bubble. puppets. Exactly. A sex education show with these puppets. I could see it. Like, oh, that's what we're working Like adult on. Sesame Streets. I love that idea. Like with the talking penis. Like Peter the penis goes up. <laughs> so the labia outside this part too, just like touching it lightly. There's so many nerve endings. So I say just explore, go slow, experiment from pressures. I have a lot of great articles on my website as well about like masturbation 101, but... I think it's just bre- and breathing. Breath is so important. You guys, well, so many of us breathe so shallow and we don't like fully breathe through our body. So if you can practice doing really deep breaths, like almost picture yourself breathing down to your pelvic floor and like holding it for a few seconds, then releasing and just really picture your breath moving up your body and just through up to your head and then releasing it. You start to circulate kind of tension and stale energy and it can kind of just help facilitate your orgasm it can help you relax and help you get into your body more amazing and well i know what i'm so gonna great. do tonight <laughs> you got Thanks. some homework today yes. 
<laughs> Time to practice. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this has been incredible. Thank you so much. I hope you feel better. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah. And we really need to have you on again because there are like Anytime. other questions that we didn't even get to, but this was so informative. So thank you. Thank you so much. I know our listeners are going to love this. You are wonderful. Both of you, all of you are wonderful. And oh. you're getting a package soon. So when you get your packages, yeah. you can let me know if you have questions. I could come back and we can uh, talk about it. How it awesome. Yes. Yes. For and when sure. you're on serious, we have to come and like oh. just get crazy. Yes. I'll be back on probably in a month or two. We're still in figuring it all out so oh I'll my like, gosh yes that'll be so fun yeah it's really amazing fun. where can our listeners find you keep up with you um everything is sex with emily sex with emily.com is the website all of social media is sex with emily instagram twitter we release two podcasts a week on tuesdays and fridays to subscribe on any podcast platform and um yeah just just uh check. oh and i'm doing a live show a virtual live show april 15th and you can find out more about that on my website so anyone can come in. We're going to answer yes. this live. It's going to be really fun. And you even have a master class too. Oh I yeah, know. I have a master class. If you have a if you have master class, it's the online platform. Um, yeah, it, I love master class because they approached me. They said we want to do our first wellness course and we want to do about sex. And that released in November, and it's one of their most popular classes, which is great because I think people want it. They're like, I was going to take a cooking class, but maybe I'll. Um, right. <laughs> yeah, I have a master class. I've yeah, I have a, my website is full. So with, awesome. I, yeah, I have a lot of like pleasure guides and a yes, no, maybe list on my website that can help you figure out what you and your, like how I do a lot, a lot of my website is a lot of guides and tools to help people have better sex and communicate. So it's all sex with Emily. That's amazing. Thank you so much. Thanks Thank for the you work so you're doing. It's so it important. Really um, and we'll see you soon. Yes, you will. All, all right. right. Bye. Bye. Oh. What would you do? And but what would you do? We have no what would you do's because you just got like a full hour of what would you do's and you got a bunch of advice. So we're not going to do what would you do, but email us anyway so we can talk about it next time. Our email is hello at blackgirlstexting.com. Our Instagram is blackgirlstexting and our Twitter is blackgirlstext1. Oh, and don't forget to rate, comment, and subscribe if you're trying to win that golden. More information is on our Instagram page. Great comment and subscribe. Bye. Yes, ma'am. Bye-bye. Thanks again for listening to Black Girls Texting. Make sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you listen and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Oh, and don't forget to text every group chat you're in and tell them to check us out. Follow your girls at Black Girls Texting, and we'll see you next week. Bye.